Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here. Welcome back to The Vibe Show. I am finally going to tell this story about what happened to me and John in the airport the night before Thanksgiving. And I know that a lot of you who have followed me for years have seen this story because I actually didn't break this story here on the Vibe Show. I um, I let Dr. Eric Naputi uh, break the story and that video went pretty darn viral and we we streamed it to the Green Smoothie Girl page. Um, even though we don't do a whole lot on the Green Smoothie Girl page in the Freedom Fight, because you know we we've spent uh, over eleven years there, spent uh, you know thousands of hours of my work is represented on that platform, and and as we realize that we built a house in Australia, basically we built a house on land we don't own, and that country, if you can think of Facebook as a country, is um, is hostile to us. <laughs> Um, uh, I think well over uh, 4,000 content creators have been deplatformed on Facebook. I haven't been deplatformed on Green Smoothie Girl, but I'm currently serving my second 30-day jail sentence in Facebook personally on my personal page. So yeah, so I did I did this story for Dr. Eric Naputi just a few days after this whole thing happened. And then I also um, went live with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny who you know to be a great American hero who has for 20 years now been researching and exposing the truth about the vaccine industry. So, and I, I have agreed to go on another big radio show. And, and so I figure I should, I should come on here and I should talk to my own audience about what happened to us. And not just because it's a, it's a crazy story and it'll blow your mind. And when the story has blown your mind, if you haven't already heard it, just wait because it gets worse from that point on. But not not just tell the story, but I kind of want to weave into it um, the important takeaways, I think, for all of us and what this story of what happened to us in the Atlanta airport the night before Thanksgiving, what it has to do with what's going on in our country, what's going on in our world, what it has to do with the freedom fight, uh, what I think it means for each one of us and what I think what I think it means for the great fight that's going on right now. I think so many people are focused on the presidential election and they think that this is a fight between Biden and Trump. And while and while I believe, even though I didn't vote for Trump in 2016 and I was very much asleep to what was going on in 2016 and I knew there was a deep state and I knew there was a swamp, I understood that. I learned 10 years before that um, about the fact that the Federal Reserve actually isn't owned by Americans at all. It isn't controlled by the U.S. government at all. And some of these um, these these rabbit holes that you can go really deep down. I went really deep down them and learned a bunch of things. And then I came back out and said, I don't know what to do with this. And then I just carried on with my life. So when all this started happening, probably that deep dive that I did 10 years before um, is probably part of why I recognized all the lies in February of this year, February of 2020. And that's probably why um, I started being more aware before maybe some people would. So let me tell you what happened and I'm gonna weave into it what I think is going on. I believe that we are seeing a deliberate crashing of the US economy. I think that we are seeing uh, the advent of basically communism 3.0. You'll never hear it called communism by the people who are bringing it to us, right? Like communism has a bad name in America. They're never going to use words like that. They're always going to use propagandized words. But I don't believe that this is a Trump, uh, a Trump-Biden fight. I believe that this is the ultimate showdown between good and evil. This is the fight that we were warned of in the Bible. This is God versus Satan. And it always has been. Um, what does Trump have to do with it? Well, it turns out. We are now starting to see these leaders all over the world, all of the leaders of the first world nations are coming out and using the propaganda of the Great Reset. Every single one of them from Australia to New Zealand to Canada to the countries of Europe are talking about the Great Reset. And the words that you're going to hear are build back better. Watch for those words. Those words should send a chill down your spine and not the good kind. So build back better. We're hearing 
Justin Trudeau talking about this in speeches to Canadians, for instance. I mean, our closest neighbor, our closest ally, all of the leaders of the first world, from what I can tell, have capitulated to this uh, global takedown of democracy and, in fact, the free market system. And I believe that this story that I'm going to tell you about what we witnessed and, and experienced in the Atlanta airport is evidence of the fact that the, the airline industry is already under um, a process of being taken over by forces that are not at all the free market system, that forces that actually look an awful lot like how the Chinese Communist Party runs things, for instance. I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I have been pretty obsessed for the last nine months with connecting the dots. And as I connect the dots, I offer my theories to you. Um, these, these people are starting to come out from the woodwork. You have Klaus Schwab, who has come out with a video talking about what the Great Reset is. Okay, he's sort of the uh, mastermind or the, uh, the, the major figure who's now willing to stand out in front of the World Economic Forum. And I hope that you've all been to the World Economic Forum and seen how there's absolutely no way they put this website together this year. There's hundreds of nodes on that website. Each node has hundreds of links. Um, and COVID is central to all of it. COVID, it was an extensively planned agenda to bring the people of the world to their knees, but especially to take control of the United States of America. And sadly, most of the people around you, if you're listening to this, I doubt that it's new to you. Uh, I doubt this is your first piece of content that you've heard, probably not on this show, and you probably listen to 10 other shows. You're probably uh, one of the awakened. I, I find that I am, for the most part, preaching to the choir. So, hey, choir, um, welcome to uh, our latest edition <laughs> Um, I think we have to reach outside the choir and we have to do our very best to not just keep preaching to the choir, but also help wake up others so that we have a shot at at uh, defeating this. But okay, so it's the night before Thanksgiving. I had not wanted to go home for Thanksgiving. We really like living here in this little beach town. You wouldn't know anything weird is going on on this little tiny island. You know, there's an island that runs down uh, the Atlantic Ocean in Florida and we live in one of those little beach towns and it feels like a 1950s vibe. Um, all of the businesses are family owned. I don't see any McDonald's or Taco Bells or anything like that. And we try to only go to the restaurants in this little town because we want to support the economy. And we see that these businesses are hanging on and you see people wearing masks, but you don't see anybody uh, forcing anyone else to wear a mask. So uh, Florida's a better place than all the other states. Well, uh, we were we were enjoying being here. Of course, we miss our families, but I I had a strong feeling um, maybe a week and a half before Thanksgiving. And, and it just kept nagging at me. You know how your intuition is telling you something and you push it away because you don't want to hear what it has to say. And then it keeps coming and it keeps coming. And finally I said to John, Hey, you know what? I feel like if we don't go home for Thanksgiving, that there are one or more of our parents that we'll never see again. And so what do you, what do you think about flying home for Thanksgiving? And he's in the same boat that I am. He really likes it here. Uh, he's not not homesick. It's you know, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the ocean right now. This morning we were watching dolphins jumping up out of the ocean. I mean, we're still dealing with all the same stress as everyone else is, but I'm blessed to work from home, therefore I can work anywhere. So he didn't really want to go home either, go home to the cold and and all the terrible things that have been happening in Utah because the outgoing governor and the incoming governor of Utah are totally uh, deep state. They're completely sold out. Utah has received. $104 billion from the federal government. And you know, the federal government doesn't have the, some money in a, in a war chest somewhere uh, to throw at COVID. This is literally money created out of nowhere that is contributing to um, just flooding the American market with uh, dollars that got created out of thin air. And you know what happens when you create uh, twice as many dollars, three times as many dollars as are circulating as you're going to have mass inflation. Eventually the, the economy crashes. And that's what I see happening here. But our governors have taken an obscene amount of money. Um, and we're not entirely sure what they did with it because the budget doesn't show that that amount of money. So uh, the Freedom Fighters in Utah are definitely investigating that. We're trying to figure out what they did um, with that money. They have shut off all ability to email them many months ago. They've shut off all ability to call and leave them a voice, uh, a voice text or voicemail. 
Um, we were, some of us were calling every day and leaving messages. They shut that down for both outgoing and incoming governor Herbert and Cox. Uh, we were emailing the health department officials when they handed off the, the fake, uh, the scandemic to the health department officials handed it off to them. And um, we were emailing them and they were sending cease and desist to people literally for not breaking a law, but pretending under color of law, like we were breaking a law by emailing the health department officials who were, who were handing out edicts like candy, handing out edicts they have no right to hand out that were shutting down businesses and enforcing these mandates, the mask mandates, the, you, your business can only have 40% uh, of capacity, which of course is a, is slow death for all these small and medium sized businesses. While of course all the Costco's and WalMarts and Home Depots, the big huge multinational corporations, are allowed to just do whatever they want. So we got on a plane last minute, used miles that I have because I am a platinum medallion with Delta, and we got on a plane in Daytona Beach and we flew to Atlanta. Now we got on the plane. Uh, nobody gave us a hard time for not wearing a mask as we checked in. Nobody gave us a hard time through security. Nobody gave us a hard time getting on the plane. We were almost at the end of our flight and a flight attendant came up to us and she said to me, because I was in the aisle seat, um, is there a reason why you're not wearing a mask? And I said, yeah, I have a, I have a medical exemption. And she said, well, now you have to register that in advance. You, you have to register it when you get your ticket. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. My assistant booked this. I don't think she knew that. I said, but I'll put the mask on if you want, but I've passed out multiple times from wearing a mask. So that's the, that's the risk we all take is I go down. And, um, and she just kind of rolled her eyes and, and said something to my husband, like you too. Right. And he said, yeah. And, um, she walked away and, and that was the end of that. She didn't, she didn't really engage with us at all. Well, apparently the rules have changed. And now what they do is they don't engage with passengers at all. I think that there have been videos that have gone viral where passengers have, um, gotten into altercations with other passengers or with the crew. And so what they're doing now is that they have somebody waiting at the gate for you. So we didn't know that. And um, we, weren't, we weren't trying to make a stand getting from one place to the other. I knew that I was just going to have to take a deep breath and wear the mask, right? I, my, my objective wasn't to take a stand against masks in an airport where I know I'm going to get thrown out. My objective was uh, use what the law allows me and because we're both perfectly healthy, we do not have any virus. Um, we represent zero threat to anyone else. Um, and so uh, we, we really weren't taking a stand. Uh, we just wanted to get where we were going. We just wanted to see our family. You know, I've missed my kids. All five of my kids are in Utah. So we get off the plane and there's two Delta employees standing there and they start giving us a hard time and we put our masks on. But then they kept following us. They kept following us and badgering us. And a couple hundred yards later, I started to um, get pretty ticked. And I have a little two-minute video of it. I haven't put it on YouTube, but it's it's out there. Some people have, that I gave it to have made videos of it. Uh, People's Rights, um, who I support because they are an organization that when your your civil rights are being threatened, that that you know, they can put out an alert to everybody in that area and come to that person's rescue, whatever rights are being violated by whatever government official. And so there, there, that video is out there. Uh, you can look at it on people's rights, but I get my phone out because these two Delta employees are walking right next to each other. And the guy, Brandon, who is the major player in this story, his uh, mask keeps falling below his nose. And, um, but they're bullying us all the way down the concourse. So at some point I got my phone out and I started filming them and you can see in the video that they're not at all following their own six foot social distancing, uh, rule. And, um, and the guy, Brandon keeps pulling his mask up because he, now he knows he's on camera and he, he knows darn well that he's not, he's not compliant with the rules either. So he kept following us. And in the, in the video that I made, I, I was asking him like, why, why are you still following us when we're both wearing our mask? Like, I think at this point that you're harassing us um, and we are doing what we are supposed to do. So why do you keep following us and, and bothering us? And he said something about, well, you need to make a verbal commitment. And I said, well, I made a physical commitment. I'm actually wearing the mask. Right. So anyways, we finally, um, John and I finally ducked into a bathroom. He's like, Hey, Robin, there's bathrooms here. So we go into the bathroom and basically for the next hour and a half, we, um, played cat and mouse with these two and they stalked us across the airport. They went and did some research on us, found out that we were flying uh, to Salt Lake City and 
I figured out as we were sitting, getting a, getting a bite to eat, I was like, you know what? I bet you anything that they're at that next gate waiting for us. And so we weren't far away by then. And so I sent John down to look and he came back and he said, yep, yep. They're standing right there at the gate waiting for us. Those two employees. Um, the one guy's name is Brandon Witta, W-I-T-T-A. He's the main character here. The woman's name was Gaia. I don't, I don't know. I didn't get her last name. Um, and so we we're eating and we were just like, okay, well, let's, let's go get on the plane. We were like the last ones on the plane. We knew we were, felt like we were walking to our execution, you know? So we walk up in masks and I could tell by the looks on their faces that they weren't expecting us to walk up in masks. And so they were disappointed because they thought they were going to bust us and kick us out of the airport right there. We walk up in masks and I, I could tell that there had been some tension between them and the other Delta employees who probably don't like what's going on. And the woman who is taking uh, the tickets and scanning scanning electronic tickets grabbed my phone, scanned it in and said very loudly, thank you for your platinum medallion status with us, Mrs. Openshaw. Go ahead. And, and I started walking down the jetway. And of course, Brandon uh, said, wait a second. And he like looked at both of us and we, we stood there for a while. And he, he, he said, he told John that he didn't like his mask. He said, your mask is too see-through. So he gets out a, a disposable mask and hands it to John and John puts it on, you know, and he's just looking at me like, okay, we're just going to gut this out here. Puts on the disposable mask. You've seen a million of them. They're, they're coated with, with Teflon, you guys. One of the most toxic substances there is. They're made in China. They say right on the package, if you buy a package of them, it says right on the package, this does not prevent the spread of a virus, but we're all, we're all playing this game, right? We're playing this silly game where we breathe, we breathe Teflon and we hope that the bullies don't kick us off the plane. So he put it on and then, you know, we we're about to walk onto the jetway again. And they said they didn't like my mask. They said that my mask looked too breathable. Well, at this point they've profiled us, you know, they've crossed multiple concourses uh, following us and harassing us. And I have told the flight attendant on the first flight that I pass out for, if I get low in oxygen for long enough. And they tell me that my mask is too breathable. They can tell that from looking at it. And they tell me to wear the, the, um, the disposable mask. So I take it and I put it on and we walk onto the plane because they're, you know, you can tell they're flustered because they weren't, they didn't want us to be on the plane. So we walk onto this huge jumbo jet. Keep in mind, this is like the big ones, like with the big middle section that there's five seats. And then there's like three seats on the left side, three seats on the right side. And we're all the way at the back of the, we're at the front of the back section of a jumbo jet. So we get all the way to the back and we're starting to put our bags away. And as I'm trying to put my bag up above and the online uh, the compartment above, you've, you've seen what I look like. I have a, have a long, thin face and, and I've never worn one of those disposable masks before, um, but it slipped down below my nose and a flight attendant jumped on me. They, they had followed us and there was literally a flight attendant trailing us, just, just watching us very carefully. And my, my mask slipped below my nose for a second. And she said, ma'am, your mask is, fall is below your nose. And I said, sorry. And I pulled it back up. Well, guess what? Brandon appeared from around a corner. Brandon was literally laying in wait on the plane. And he came up to John and me just as we were starting to sit down. And he said, can I see you off the plane, please? I hear that we've had an incident. I mean, how is that? That's like right out of a movie, right? I hear we've had an incident. Will you please get off the plane? And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, this guy has set us up. Uh, my mask slipping below my nose is just what he was hoping for. He's just been just you know, angry ever since that first exchange on another concourse. And he's, he wants to throw us off this plane. So I realized that. And I turned so that the whole back of the plane could hear me. And I very loudly said, please don't do that. I said, you have been stalking us across multiple concourses. You have been following us and harassing us for an hour and a half. We are following all of your rules. We are wearing the mask. We are not refusing to wear the mask. We have we have not threatened anyone. We just want to see our families. I said, please, we have elderly parents. Three of the four of them are very unwell. And we're afraid we won't see them again because there are borders closing all over this country. And we just want to see our family. I said all of that. And the whole back of the plane heard it. That's an important detail for this story that you understand is the whole back of the plane, probably 50 people heard it. I said it very loudly. I wasn't yelling, but I was saying it very loudly. Well, what Brandon did when I said all that is that he turned around to all the other people on the plane and he said, because of these people, 
you all have to get off the plane. We're going to deplane now and we're going to disinfect from these these people. So just sit with that for a second. Just imagine you're in our situation. We're in complete shock. We didn't see that coming. We didn't see we didn't see because we've lived in a free market system for all of our years. I have only known that airlines want their customers to, as Delta says, uh, be safe and be comfortable first and second. I have only seen airlines who compete with other airlines for business and they have to treat their frequent flyers well. I have flown over a million miles on Delta in the last 10 years. I have paid a couple hundred thousand dollars in flights on Delta for many years. I have praised them for many, many years. Um, I fly my children on this airline. And what I saw uh, represents what I think is a complete and total shift in the way these companies are run. In fact, I think we're seeing a consolidation of the airline industry. I've, I've predicted a lot of things since March and I lost a lot of people following me for it. I had a lot of, I always call it rotten, rotten tomatoes thrown at me. I've been covered with rotten tomatoes for nine months for speaking up about what I see happening. Um, and I have been called a conspiracy theorist more times than I can count. And every single thing I was saying back in March and April, every single thing has happened except for one thing. And I, I had said that, you know, I think I've said that on other podcast episodes, which is every single thing I have predicted has happened, except I said that the airline industry would, all these companies would be uh, bankrupt by the end of the summer and then probably nationalized or bought up by the Chinese or uh, bought up by these globalists like Bill Gates, who seems to have a controlling interest in most of the industries that are most critical to us. Um, I now believe that my uh, prediction about the airlines is actually true. Just because the mainstream media didn't tell you that all of these airlines were um, heading into bankruptcy and bailed out by interests that are hostile to the United States of America as you once knew it, doesn't mean that it didn't happen, right? I mean, if we've learned one thing, it's that the mainstream media is telling you only their specific uh, version of events, which isn't necessarily a true version. So Brandon turns around and tells the entire airplane to deplane. Have you had a second to think about it? Have you had a second to think about what you would do if you were in that situation and you heard uh, a husband and wife pleading with the Delta employee to let them get home to see their family? I wonder what you would have done in that situation. I, I will say that it's been really, um, has healed my heart a bit in the last 10 days since this happened to have many people who um, watched that Facebook live that last I saw is close to 50,000 people watch um, that Eric Nipudi did. Um, and then when Sherry Tenpenny did, I had so many people in the comments who said, I would stand with you. Well, what happened is that not one single person even said a word to Delta. They just turned on us. So what, what Brandon Witta did is that he turned an entire jumbo jet of passengers, probably 300 to 400 people. He turned them into an angry mob. He created an unsafe situation on the Delta flight that we were on. He intentionally turned them on us. And he also intentionally probably caused a bunch of those people to miss their connection. So he probably cost Delta a lot of money by punishing the entire plane because of his personal vendetta against us. That's what happened. And, and now your, your mind is, is blown right now, but it's, I'm not even done. Okay. This is the point at which I tell you it gets a lot worse. So what happened is those 50 people who had heard our story and the fact that we had been stalked and harassed by these two Delta employees for 90 minutes while we wore our masks, not one single one of them said a word to Delta about it, but they did start yelling at us. They were yelling at us. They were swearing at us. Get off the bleepity bleep plane. We want to see our families too, et cetera, et cetera. The, the tenor, the, the vibe of the back of the plane was, we really don't care what happens to you. Get off because we need to get where we're going. And there were several people who were very loud in saying that I didn't engage with anyone on the plane. I had the person in front of us turn around and very quietly was talking to John and me, and it was quite condescending. And I was very stressed out. And he was saying, 
hey, you guys, like I, I, I agree with you, but this isn't the place to take a stand. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir, but we're not taking a stand. Nobody took a stand here. And he kept saying it to us. And finally I said, please stop talking to me. You're actually not helping at all. I had another guy behind us who was saying, I'll give you 200 bucks. I'll give you 200 bucks if you get off the plane. And after he said that to me like three times, like he was being very also condescending and, and whatever, I was like, hey, we're getting off the plane. Can you see that we're standing up and getting off the plane? Um, you're not helping and I don't, I don't need $200. I don't want $200. Please stop talking to me. I literally had to tell both those people, please stop talking to me. And the, the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is it really seemed like both of them are just as frustrated as we may be about this whole situation. But what did they do? They just want us to get off the plane. Just get off the plane. Now, listen, if you're a patriot, if you lived in 1776, you knew that we all go down if we don't stand with each other. If we don't stand behind each other, we're all going down, you guys. And that's that's really one of the two morals of the story here that I want to impress on you is that I believe that the whole outcome would have been different if even three people had said, hey, Delta, why are you bullying these people? We can see them wearing their masks. Let them get home to their family, right? Like how risky would that be? Would that have gotten them kicked off the plane? I seriously doubt it. But here's the thing. You guys, I've been standing out there under a lightning bolt for nine straight months. I consider myself, as I have said in a few episodes, I consider myself to be expendable. My children are raised. That's so that doesn't have to be my first priority anymore. That doesn't make me a hero because guess what? I don't work inside the healthcare system. So me blowing the whistle on stuff doesn't cost me my job. I'm no hero because I'm speaking up, but I am working very hard to connect the dots and to share them with you. I'm I'm working hard to share them with you so that you're aware of what's going on too. Because you know you deserve to know what's going on in your country. You deserve to know what's going on in the airline industry if you're going to pay them your money and get on their airplanes, right? I mean, you're taking you know you're taking your own safety into putting putting it in their hands when you get on an airplane, right? So I think it's important that you know what's going on in the airline industry. And I don't pretend to know everything that's going on in the airline industry, but I think that we can draw some some. Uh, major, uh, we could put some dots together here. Uh, if we take a look at what happened to other people that same weekend. So I'll finish my story. And then I want to tell you about two other situations that were going on that same week. So everybody on the plane started yelling and screaming at us. And John and I are just talking to each other, kind of whispering to each other. And he's like, he's like, babe, let's get off the plane. Like the, you know, like this isn't what we want. And I said, no, I I get it. I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to think what to do. I didn't see this coming, but these people are innocent. So we stood up. So we were kind of discussing like what to do, but we did, we stood up and we got off the plane with everyone. Delta, um, the Delta employee, Brandon Witta could have stopped the deplaning at any time. It wasn't, it wasn't 60 seconds later that we were standing up and getting off the plane with everyone he could have stopped the whole thing and let us off the plane and let everybody else sit down. And he didn't, he didn't, I tell you what he did do is he got off the plane. And then as the first, probably two thirds or so of the plane who probably wouldn't have heard a single thing that was going on, wouldn't have had a, a clue why they were being deplaned. He got off the plane so that he could inform the first two thirds of the plane, what had happened because There's no reason why when we got off the plane and all those people who were out in front of us started turning and screaming at us and swearing us, there's no reason why they even knew what we looked like or what had happened. And that's what happened is we got off the plane and people were uh, cursing at us and yelling at us. And honestly, it was an extremely unsafe situation that everybody was in. I mean, it it could have gotten really terrible and a lot of people were put in an unsafe a very hot situation and it didn't need to be that way. So as we walked past this this angry screaming mob, guess who was right past them? Um, Brandon Witta, of course. He was standing there looking very pleased with himself. And so we stopped to talk to him. We didn't really have any choice because we, we were realizing we are in another state. We are not in the state we're flying to. We're not in the state that we live in. Uh, and we don't know how we're going to get either place. And so we stopped and he said, um, he said, I'm sorry. And I said, you're not, you're not sorry. Oh, I forgot to tell you one part of the story is that as, as we got up and started to deplane, my husband turned around and I saw that he was about to lose it. And I was like, don't do it. Don't do it, babe. Um, I'm like, these people are innocent, but he just lost it. He tipped over and he started yelling at them. You're all sheep. All of you are sheep. 
you know, and he just carried on about them being sheep. And there were people on the back of that plane, which was interesting, who were, you know, because then people are really yelling at us as he engaged with them. I didn't want to engage with them. It was just going to make a bad situation worse, right? And they didn't create this situation. Um, I don't I don't like to uh, go after people who tell me to wear a mask. I know that they're a $15 an hour employee who is just being told by their employer uh, to do their job. I get it. I don't, I don't want to pick a fight with the wrong people, right? And I certainly don't want to f- pick a fight with the people on the plane. But as my husband started yelling at the people at the back of the plane about what sheep they were, there were several people in the back of the plane who were shushing the rest of the people and saying, shh, listen to him, listen to him. So I point all these little clues out because I believe there were plenty of people on that plane who were very unhappy about what happened to us and what it means really for all of us. But not a one spoke up to the Delta employees who did that and who it deplaned everybody. So we walked past, Brandon Witta said, I'm sorry. And I said, you're really not. And he said, and I said, just fly us back to Daytona Beach. You know, just put us on a flight back to Florida if you won't let us get to where our family is. And he said, no, I'm sorry. You won't be flying back to Daytona Beach. You won't be flying to Salt Lake City. In fact, you won't be flying anywhere on any airplane out of this airport or any other for the rest of your life. So that's what happened. That's how we ended up out in the rain, out in the rain the night before Thanksgiving in Atlanta, Georgia, where we um, got a hotel. And the next day we rented a car and we spent our Thanksgiving day driving back to to uh, Daytona Beach to collect our suitcase that was on the in the belly of the plane that they sent back to Daytona Beach. And we, a few days later, got our no-fly list letter from Delta. And so we were the evening of Thanksgiving back, back here in our little beach town and we went out to dinner and we made the best of it and had a nice Thanksgiving weekend anyway, even though we really wanted to be with our family and I wanted to see our parents and I wanted to see my children. Um, the same weekend that this happened, there was a tweet that went out from a different guy, okay? It wasn't Brandon Witta. It was another guy who apparently works for Delta and he was gloating about how much fun he had running around, chasing people around um, air, the airport he works at and throwing them off of planes and throwing them off of concourses and kicking them out of security and keeping them from getting to see their families on Thanksgiving. He thought it was great fun. And he said, we even kicked a family off because their three-year-old had a mask below his nose. Sorry, little guy, is what he said. So somebody had screenshotted that and people kept sending it to me. I didn't, you know, I'm in Facebook jail, so I hadn't put our story on Facebook at all. Um, But as I told friends or groups of people that I'm in, the different freedom fighter groups that I'm in, um, in Utah and in Florida, uh, several people sent me that screenshot of that guy who was bragging about how awesome Delta was because they're they're throwing off entire families for mask infractions. So I guess if you're bought in on the idea that wearing a mask, even though the package of masks they're handing out literally says this does not prevent the spread of, of viruses, even though at the beginning of this, uh, Tony Fauci said multiple times that wearing masks doesn't isn't the answer and doesn't prevent the spread of viruses. And then later, when his overlords told him to sing a different tune, of course, he um, now says we all have to wear masks. And in fact, even when the vaccine arrives, he says that we will live a highly restricted life until at least late 2021. So he has basically guaranteed us at least another 15 months of devastated economies and we, we won't even begin to really start rebuilding or having any kind of life until then. And as, as you've seen, what they do is they just put a date on something so that people think, oh, okay, well, it'll just be another two weeks. Remember, remember two weeks to flatten the curve. That was the first lie, right? And then we've just been lied to and lied to and lied to. So now we're, fifth, we're um, nine months in on the lie and Tony Fauci has put 15 more months on the lies and and it'll it'll just keep going until and unless Americans actually stand up to this until and in the, unless we become loud enough or we become significant enough in numbers or until our president is reelected who had the election stolen from him or any number of those things come together um 
we are just going to continue to see us look more and more and more like the communist party of China. Now, if you don't know much about communism and its history, and if you don't know that that communist countries didn't start as communist, every single one of them, there are more than 50 countries all over the world who, because they started a campaign of fear, it always starts with a campaign of fear. And they latch onto something that people should be fearful of. And then using that as the Trojan horse, they get the people to agree to more and more and more loss of freedom. And eventually when the people are on their knees, they lose their savings. The small businesses go under. That's a that's a very important part of the agenda. When the small businesses go under and when the middle class loses their wealth, and by wealth, I don't mean they're wealthy. I mean their savings. I mean their retirements. I mean their economic security. Um, collectively, together, that represents the big threat against Marxism or against uh, communism. So that's what we're seeing happening here. It's astonishing to me that there is that there is a single American who doesn't see this, but in fact, it's a vast majority of Americans who don't see it and are going along with it and are uh, acting at exactly like uh, the people in the Third Reich did in the Nuremberg trials when they were put on trial for their crimes against humanity, much like Brandon Witta um, the night before Thanksgiving. And, and I doubt that I, that my family was the only family he inflicted this on. Um, they just said, we were just doing our jobs. That was their excuse as well. I was just doing what I was told. Is that who we are? Is that what we've become? Is just people who will do what we are told, no matter how draconian it is, no matter how tyrannical it is, no matter how nonsensical it is, right? So, and I realize that, you know, if, if even if Brandon like felt like we did and he stood up to it, he'd probably just lose his job. I, I realize the consequences to people. And gosh, I've had so many of you come to me and you DM me on Facebook or in Telegram. I hope you're in my Telegram group, which is Robin Openshaw's Take Action for Freedom. Um, I'll see you in there. Uh, Robin Openshaw's Take Action for Freedom. I'm on I'm on MeWe and I'm on Parler. I just haven't really gotten started there. It's you know Facebook has become not only hostile to political conservatives and people who are questioning uh, the the COVID insanity. Um, they're also hostile to holistic health people. So we'd we'd already been under siege for two years, honestly, with Google too. We we lost most of our organic traffic on Green Smoothie Grow. We got millions of visitors a year, and then Google started cracking down on all of us. Even the just the titans in our space lost. Uh, all of us have lost between like sixty and eighty percent of our Google traffic. Uh, I mean, like Dr. Axe, Dr. Mercola, everyone has. So that was already going on for two years, and that's another data point you should be aware of. That's another dot you can connect in your attempt, because I know you're trying to figure out what's going on too. This has all happened to us so quickly. So we, um, we, you know, everybody wants to say to us when they hear our story, and I appreciate that. They say, are you going to sue them? You know, I don't know. Like I, my answer was no, because the fact of the matter is when they force a vaccine, I'm not going to get on their airplanes anyway. But then there's so many people who this is going to happen to if others don't stand up to it, that I very well will, um, will engage uh, a legal fight if for no other reason than to take a stand for all the other people that this is happening to. But I, I believe that if we could see behind the curtain right now, we would probably see that a, a voting block or a controlling share of Delta has been bought up by interests that are that are hostile to the America that we know. If you think of America as having that, like Christian values or um, that, that civil rights are important to us or that freedom is important to us. Listen, China doesn't care about any of those things. Those are not core values in China. Those are not core values to Klaus Schwab and the globalists. That, that Those aren't even a thing. In fact, you're going to be told that you are selfish for caring about uh, human freedoms or individual liberties, which is what we fought the revolutionary war for, right? We wanted rep representation. We wanted to be able to represent ourselves. Well, right now we're looking at whether we have a representative government at all or not. We all just saw a landslide victory by the most popular president of my lifetime. Like it's, it's beyond obvious. Like he would say, Hey, I'm going to be in Georgia tomorrow. And 
he had stadiums packed and people who got turned away, you know, and his opponent couldn't, couldn't put a hundred people in a high school auditorium and didn't really bother, didn't even really bother to campaign. Um, and we're being told that that candidate won. And so, you know, if, if, if the election goes to Biden, then unfortunately, I think we're going to see a very rapid um, acceleration of this, uh, of this agenda. And of course, I'm out there saying all this stuff in a very public way. And so I know that when the, the social credit scores uh, kick off, and maybe they already exist, there are people, I get sent literally hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content that you guys find useful and interesting and helping you connect the dots. I get sent hundreds of them every week and, and I actually like it when you guys send it to me, even if I don't answer you. Um, I listen to read, watch as much as I possibly can. It's probably not great for my emotional health, but I feel quite, uh, preoccupied with trying to connect the dots and help other people figure out what exactly is going on in our country. But, um, as I figure it out, I try to share it with you guys, but if, if we have a Biden win, there's, I think there will very quickly be social credit scores. And you guys know I'll start at negative a thousand, right? Like I'm on every list there is. Um, I'm probably one of the two loudest freedom fighters uh, in Utah. My my colleague, Eric Muthos being the other one, he was out there early and um, is all over the social media. I told you before that we've been shut off from email. We've been shut off from uh, being able to call and leave voice uh, messages for our governor, incoming and outgoing governors. Um, we have, we are now being blocked on social media and we have uh, a lot of the other freedom fighters are telling me that they're being blocked. It's actually illegal for them to block. Uh, you, if you, if, if you're being, uh, if you're saying some hate speech, they can remove your comment and I think they can block you, but they can't block you on their public figure platforms. That's actually illegal. So I just wanted to share that story with you and and have you think about the fact that there are going to be lots more uh, opportunities like this to stand up for each other and think about what would you do if you were in the back of the back of that plane, okay? And I want to tell you very clearly that if I'm in the back of the plane with you, I will stand up for you at significant personal cost to me personally. I will stand with you. I am standing with you. People of courage are all over this country and are standing up. I saw these guys in um, Arizona uh, on Facebook, about eight or 10 guys saying, meet here on Saturday here in Arizona. We've got to stop our governor. He literally did a press conference and said, if you don't wear the masks, I'm going to shut your businesses down. You know, I mean, this is, this is just the astonishing stuff that's happening in most of the states of the country. Now, another thing that happened that same week I told you about that tweet that went out from a different guy who was just giddy that he was empowered to run around kicking off entire families off of their flights who then are stranded in a in another state if they're like us. Um, you know, at least at least for the other people that this happened to all through Thanksgiving weekend, I hope that they were at least in their home state where they could just go home and didn't have to you know, spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on their whole Thanksgiving day trying to find a way to get home that doesn't involve the airlines. But um, my son saw that text and he thought it was the guy that kicked us off the flight. And he went onto that guy's uh, that guy's Twitter and sort of blew him up and said, hey, I, I, will, I will leave out the swear words that my son said. But the gist of it was, thanks a lot for the fact that I didn't get to see my mom on Thanksgiving. So right now, I would like to fly my children with my miles here for um, over the Christmas break, which was our plan, uh, because I have a lot of miles accrued and Delta is blocking us from doing that. We aren't even allowed to use um, my miles to fly my children here after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with Delta. So I just want to make the point, uh, this is not the behavior of companies in a free market system. That's not what companies who value customer service do to their customers. So I don't believe that the, the people who were calling the shots at Delta a year ago are calling the shots anymore. At the same time that that tweet went out and our experience happened on Delta Airlines, there is a stealth video that someone caught. Uh, sh she was like hiding behind her seat. So the video kind of goes back behind her seat and then pokes out and and sort of films this person named Mario standing at the front of the plane. And this is a flight attendant. 
And Mario says, this is on Spirit Airlines. Mario says, we are government officials. Okay, so I just want to ask you, since when did flight attendants become government officials? And by the way, when I said this on the first time I told this story to on Eric, Dr. Eric Naputi's um, Facebook sh- uh, page, I think he's got like a million followers or something like that. And it also went live on Green Smoothie Girl. There were people in the comments who said, you know, I work for an air, I work for airlines or I work for an airline and this is, we are being told we are government officials. When did flight attendants become government officials? And then Mario goes on to say, if you give us a hard time about the masks at all, there'll be a $250,000 fine and you will be arrested at the gate. And I think a pilot comes out while Mario is talking, like a pilot is hearing uh, Mario speak. And so it's completely bizarre. And then, and then Mario goes on to mention um, life, a life, life in prison. That's something you could do. I think, you know, if there's any kind of weapon involved um, that you could face life in prison, it's, it's the most bizarre thing you've ever seen on an airplane. What this person is saying to the people who just paid Spirit Airlines money for a product or a service. Okay, this is not the behavior of the free market system. So I think I've made my point. My two points are, number one, I think that we can conclude that the airline system is has been taken down, has been taken down by uh, communist forces. And number two, I hope you'll do some thinking about whether you're going to stand for other people when you see their rights being violated. Because speaking of using a weapon, uh, my experience with Brandon Witta was, I told John later, if that man had been given a big stick, and you've seen you've seen video footage, I'm sure, of communist, uh, the Communist Party enabled cops in China beating the people in the streets. China treats their people like crap. Uh, I said to John, if Brandon Witta had been given a big stick and permission to use it, we would be in the hospital right now with broken bones. So. I share this story with you so that you can reflect on it as to what you're going to do. Are you just going to duck your head and be quiet and say, well, I'm, you know, what, I don't know that quote. I should have, I should have gotten it because it's a really good quote about what happened in Nazi Germany. Oh, and by the way, when Brandon was stalking us down the first concourse, I told him that I see the parallel between Nazi Germany and the Nuremberg trials when all the people who were inflicting the tyranny just said, well, we were just doing our jobs. We were just doing what we were told to do. I said, that's what you're doing, huh, Brandon? I said, you know what? Half the flights of Delta Airlines have been canceled. Your whole entire industry is in collapse and you're you're likely to lose your job. And this is what you do to a platinum medallion? Like, how does this even make any sense? The fact that you guys continue to follow us. I've asked you to stop following us. You won't stop following us and harassing us. Like, how is this okay, this behavior? Like, has someone empowered you to do that? Well, of course, I didn't get any information from him. And that, of course, me saying all that is, is you know, what made him mad. And because he was given pretty unlimited authority, he ended up deplaning a jumbo jet over the fact that he was mad at me. Welcome to communist China, friends. I really feel like they're escalating the agenda right now. You see that even though lockdowns didn't work, they didn't work anywhere. And in fact, in Sweden, they're like a flat line for their cases and their deaths now. And they have, a, they have a lot less, fewer deaths per capita than the United States does. And they didn't lock anything down. Um, they have to escalate the agenda because they've got a small window of opportunity. They have to take advantage of cold and flu season to uh, use that as an excuse to finish off the, the, the economy and to wreck all the small and medium-sized businesses, all the privately owned businesses. Um, they also have to hurry, and you're seeing an escalation of the agenda because they know they have more resistance coming. They know that we're all, those of us who care about freedom, those of us who care about our children's future, et cetera, that we're all organizing as fast as we can, that we are becoming a significant resistance. There's the brand and wittas of the world who are just going to get in, just get in line with the communists and and that other guy on Twitter who his tweet went viral, I'm sure he probably took his tweet down, right? Because it probably went viral and lots of people he doesn't even know came and gave him a piece of their mind like my son did. 
But um, there's a lot of people who are getting right behind the agenda. They don't question anything. They don't have the critical thinking skills to question things. So I'm glad you're here on this show because if you even listen to this point, you're not in that category. And I thank you for that. And if you're one of the people who has sent me a message and said, I would stand with you on that airplane, I would stand up for you. I just want to tell you how much that means to us because that was a terribly traumatic experience on the flight. But I don't tell you the story because it's a traumatic experience for us. I tell you that story because if it could happen to us, it could happen to anyone. And oh, that quote I was looking for is, and, and you know what I'm talking about, that back in Nazi Germany, um, the, the quote was, well, they came for the Jews, but I wasn't Jewish, so I didn't stand up for them. And then they came for the black people and I wasn't black, so I didn't stand up for them. And then they came for, and then they came for, and then they came for me and there was no one left. So if it has to be about, you know, what is the impact on me? Otherwise I don't care. Then we, we kind of have to take a look at that, that eventually we will be standing in a very small group while the tyranny is uh, executed on many, many others. So let's see, make sure that you go to World Economic Forum's website. Make sure that you see the video by Klaus Schwab. Uh, he is a, he's a classic Marxist and he, I think it's astonishing. He's now standing out there saying, uh, you know, we're going to have this great reset and you won't be allowed to own any private property, but you'll be happy. Okay. I don't know where Klaus Schwab gets off telling me how, um, and, and, and why I will be happy or where he even gets off deciding, um, what is going to make us little people happy. But that's what's coming. And they're now out there talking about it openly. You need to investigate Agenda 2030, okay? So by 2030, they intend for none of us to own any property and for all of us to be in this slave state. And I'm sorry that this isn't fun to talk about. I don't enjoy talking about it either. I'm actually uh, recording this on a weekend when I'm supposed to be you know, like taking a break from the onslaught of my whole week of speaking up on my various platforms and researching and trying to you know, keep 30 people employed and all that kind of stuff. But we have to talk about it, okay? The, the whole problem that we have here isn't just that there are some tyrants um, in the world who want to enslave us. The other half of the problem is that there are too many of us who are just bowing our heads and hoping that it'll just go away. There are too many of us who aren't willing to speak up about any of it. Um, check out George Soros's Open Society, Okay. He has talked for a long time about one world government and that the plan is to give you a guaranteed government income. And while that might um, be kind of exciting for people who aren't doing so well in the free market system, um, I just want to point out that the guaranteed government income isn't guaranteed anymore if your social credit score isn't high enough or if you don't get the vaccines or if you don't do what they say. So this is already a way of life for literally billions of people in China. Um, check out the fourth industrial revolution. Okay, the, the agenda there is, is to merge biology and technology. And it's basically, you know, people like Bill Gates who uh, believe that they are somehow godlike and that they have the right to take the reins of what nature has done um, for the entire history of human beings. Um, I think it was uh, Dr. Carrie Midday. I, I don't know if when you hear this, you will have heard my episode with her or not. It was incredible. But I think it was her who said, uh, Bill Gates's God complex and what they have in mind to try to merge human beings with technology is like giving a toddler explosives. Okay, these people are crazy and they're all in. They're all in on this great reset idea. So you'll notice as you hear these different leaders all over the world uh, talking about what's to come, not one of them is saying that we're going back to anything like normal. And in fact, many of them now are very openly and boldly talking about how we're never going back to how it was. Okay, So if you don't see the agenda in that, it's too bad that we're still in the minority of people who are awake to this. But if you don't see the agenda in that, then you won't see it no matter what, what you're shown. Right? The big banks, they know what's coming, okay? That's why you might notice that most of the branches of your bank are now closed, okay? They've been endlessly bailed out. They're deep in debt. They have no 
reserves. Okay. Banks are now allowed to run with zero reserves. They used to have to, I remember if it was 10% or 20%. So let's say that your little Wells Fargo branch in your town or whatever had uh, like $7 million in holdings. They used to have to have like $700,000 in the branch, as I understand it, at least. I don't know the banking industry, but as I understand it, they had to actually have $700,000. That was waived. That was waived at the very beginning of the scandemic. They no longer have to have any reserves whatsoever. These banks are bankrupt and they have your and my money. So anyway, I want I wanted to um, connect some dots for you. I hope I hope it's helpful. I know it's not a I know it's not a super sunshiny uh, thing to listen to, but I hope that when you see uh, people's rights being violated, that you speak up about it. I think we're still in a place where resistance can make a difference. I think we're still in a place where we can organize and we can stand up to it. We can only do it in numbers. There's strength in numbers. I truly believe that if three people would have stood up to Delta and said, no, we don't. We shouldn't have to deplane. We didn't do anything wrong. There's no re- reason to to disinfect the whole airplane because of us. Hey, we because of these people. Hey, we don't want to get off the airplane and lose our connecting flight and and have to get on and breathe a bunch of Lysol, you know. Because I had read, you know, Delta had sent me out a, a an alert and it was this big long thing I was supposed to read. And maybe at the bottom of it somewhere it told me that if I had a medical exemption, I had to register it in advance. Um, I don't know because I read and I read and. When I got to the part about the strategic partnership between Delta and um, Lysol, I, I couldn't read anymore. It was just too, you know, I, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. My blood pressure went up like 10 points and I didn't re- want to read anymore. I mean, I, that, that's all I need. Uh, you know what? There's all these reasons why they're harming our health. They're making people stay at home. They're not letting elderly people see their families et cetera, et cetera. All I need now is to breathe a bunch of Lysol on the plane. Let's just make it worse. Let's, let's spray the whole planet with chemicals. So, um, and you're going to hear, you're going to hear this communist 3.0 agenda. You're going to hear them talk in glowing terms about how they're going to stop climate change. Okay. It's all a load of baloney. It's a hundred percent baloney and they're not going to do anything about climate change. If there even is any climate change. Okay, plenty of sci- of scientists who have exposed that nothing they said would happen has actually happened have been silenced. But they're going to talk a lot about what they're going to do for the uh, the environment and look at what they're doing to the environment. Now, now we're having Lysol's being sprayed everywhere. There's big strategic partnerships with all these big giant companies, and lots of Americans are are um, just applauding it. I've been trying to hire a lady to clean our place here in Florida because I work a lot. And um, gosh, every single one who comes over, I have to like argue with them about how they want to disinfect my house. They want to spray a bunch of chemicals. And in fact, I had one, one set of ladies who came and I've had it cleaned once in the seven weeks since we've been here. And the rest of the time we just clean it ourselves. But I, I said to them, no chemicals. And they just, they can't handle that. They're like, no, we have to kill the viruses. We have to spray the, the disinfectant. And I try to tell these ladies, hey, uh, a virus is not a living thing. You can't kill it with an antibacterial or, or with Lysol. That's, it's just making things smell in a, in a way that we've been conditioned to believe protects us from something, but it doesn't. So anyway, that's probably a losing battle. But Thank you for your support. Thank you for sharing content that makes a difference to you and helps wake you up about various aspects of this whole scam that's being perpetrated on us and our children. Thank you for sharing content to me. Thank you for sharing my content that I spend a lot of time putting together with others, people you're hoping to wake up, um, your own children, your own parents, your own siblings, people close to you. Sometimes they listen. Sometimes they wake up. I mean, it's, it's an increasing number of us who are saying, wait a minute, something is very, very wrong here. So I appreciate you so much. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed doing the interview myself. We have the Green Smoothie Girl Detox coming up. We tend to have people jump in and do the video masterclass. It's free. Um, they do it during December sometime and then they jump in at the beginning of January and do the detox. John and I are doing the detox this year. The last time he did it, he only did the first two weeks of it and he lost 
Uh, he lost almost 15 pounds and he has kept it off and he feels like a million bucks. And it really rewired his brain for how he thinks. I just got a text message uh, yesterday from someone I haven't heard from in years, just a, a Green Smoothie Girl follower who told me that her foot zoner was, was just going on and on and on about the Green Smoothie Girl detox and about how, how her husband is walking again because of doing the Green Smoothie Girl detox. He had actually done it um, two or three times, I believe she said. But we have stories like that all the time. We share before and after photos that people send us. We've never even solicited them. The people send us these amazing before and after photos. Usually sometimes they've done it like a second time or a third time in a course of a year. But we're excited to be supporting a group of detoxers again in January. If you want to learn about it, just sign up and, and take the free video masterclass. At a minimum, I think that you will find yourself astonished at what you learn just from a free class about the process of human detoxification and what you didn't know about how your body detoxifies and how to optimize it and how to do it easily so that it's actually repairing, rebuilding, cleansing every single cell of your body. So check it out at greensmoothiegirl.com slash detox. Check out the free video masterclass at greensmoothiegirl.com slash detox. I'll see you in there.